Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to his word proclaimed. Dear Santa Claus, um, I know you can fly, but can you? I don't know if you can. You Because ha- you have to use a sleigh, and you can't. Why not? Because um, you have to use a sleigh, and you have to use reindeers to make your sleigh fly. And um, how do they usually fly? Do they grow up? I don't know if they do. So, what do you think they can? Um, I know if they can, but can they? Um, I don't know what I want for Christmas. So get me anything you want, but not boy stuff. Um, that's the only thing I can say. So, dear Santa Claus, bye. Oh God, we have awaited this day, the day to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So God, as we continue to gather, as we've heard the story told, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. You know, when I was growing up uh, in Hutchinson, Kansas, the local newspaper uh, was a uh, kind of a trading station for Santa Claus. Uh, we would write a letter to Santa, we would send it to the newspaper, and, and they somehow got it to Santa. But a part of this arrangement that they had, they got to print some of these letters in the newspaper. So my brother and I would always write a letter to Santa, and I know that mine was never taken because Santa probably couldn't even read what I wrote on the piece of paper. Just, just ask Jonelle. But um, we would hurry and open up the pages of the newspaper just to see whose letters was there. It was, it was an exciting time, you know, writing this Christmas letter to Santa. I, I still go online and I look for different letters for Santa Claus, and I found this one that's just, just perfect. starts out, Dear Santa, I think you're a fat man, and I'm not leaving you any cookies because Mrs. Claus said that you're on a diet. You need to stay away from the junk food and don't eat too much on your trip around the world. That's why I'm leaving you vegetables this year with ultra-skim milk. I hope you lose some weight because with all of those toys, I feel sorry for Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, Blitzen, and Rudolph. I sure hope you brought everything I asked for. Well, since I didn't see you this year in person, I hope to see you next year. Love you. Bye, Jennifer. That was just such a, a cute letter, just to knowing that you were so concerned about Santa's well-being and wanted to make sure that he was able to stick around for next year so you can get your presents. 
But there's another tradition that we have. Uh, at least I know that we get a whole bunch of them. We, we've tried to do this and have failed miserably, but it's the, the Christmas letter. The letter that you send out to family and to friends just to, to let you know what has gone on in your life over the past year. We got one from a young adult friend of ours who was very special to Tracy and I, and I got permission to share her letter uh, tonight. So I just wanted to, to read again just how people share what's going on with them and, and, and to stay in, in contact and, and share important information during Christmas. She writes, Greetings. It's that time of year again, huh? As predicted, I haven't spoke to you since last Christmas. I'll try to keep this short since if you actually cared about my life, you would have asked about it a long time ago. So here we go. Mom started her 42nd job this year. She quit number 39, 40, and 41. This is an actual letter. Dad's big project was a robot that replaced five American workers. Yay, economy. My sister joined the 79% of my Facebook friends that are married. Her favorite thing is that she got two dogs. They came with the house. Her husband has learned a lot about the United States of America. He now knows how to say hipster and beard, so he is pretty much good to go. I've joined the workforce and happily live at my parents' house below the poverty line. I haven't taken food stamps, though, so I'm glad I went to college. I have a dog in my car got hail damage, and if you have any questions, feel free to use the handy-dandy return address or just stalk the family on Facebook. Warning, lives may appear better online than they actually are. Don't get jealous or insecure. All right, peace out till next year. Isn't that touching? Letters are important. And we know that letters are important because if we look at our scriptures, it is full of letters. A lot of them were written by the Apostle Paul, and tonight our, our scripture for this evening comes from the book of Titus, a letter that he wrote to one of his fellow traveling companions as he was traveling the world sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And this letter, particular letter, has a moment where you can hear Paul talk about the hope that we receive during this Christmas season. Our scripture is written in the book of Titus, chapter 2, verses 11 and through 13. Paul writes, The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. It educates us that we can live sensible, ethical, and godly lives right now by rejecting ungodly lives and the desires of this world. At the same time, we wait for the blessed hope and the glorious appearance of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Over the past four weeks, we've been waiting. But, but tonight is that night. Tonight is that night that we get to share the story of the incarnation. We get to share the story of the birth 
of Jesus Christ. Now we sang the carols, we've told the story, and we live now in the reality that we've been waiting for, that, that the Christ child has been born. But for me, there comes a question. What now? What do, what do we do now since we've, we've celebrated this birthday? Some of you may have already unwrapped your presents with your family, or you may be waiting for tomorrow to do that. You may have cooked your Christmas food, and you may have gotten everything all ready to go, so as soon as Christmas is over, you can stick everything back in the closet. Paul's letter to Titus reminds us that the grace that came in the manger, the grace that was born in the manger, reminds us to live sensible, ethical, and godly lives here and now. So, so what exactly does that mean? We're, we're familiar with those words. We, we know what being sensible is all about, don't we? How, how we live our lives to make sure that we don't eat too much. Maybe make sure that before we go on a road trip, we put gas in the car. Maybe we uh, make sure we don't buy really too expensive presents for our family members so we don't spoil them. But Paul talks about being sensible in a different way. See, we believe that as followers of Christ that when he was born, a light came to this world. And this light comes into our lives. And it changes it. It, it roots out all of those things that, that we deep, hide deep down inside ourselves. It helps us examine our lives so that we can rid all of those, those evil things that, that hold us back, that keep us from being the persons that, that God has created. So when we live a, a sensible life, it helps us to remember that the light shines inside of us. But the light does more than that. The light not only shines in us, but it calls us to live an ethical life. And what that means is that we no longer have that light focused inward inside of us. We are then called to turn and share that light with others. I was excited to, to celebrate Christmas Eve here at, at Royce City because it's, it's our first as a family and had the entire family here today. And I've just been amazed at, at several things. Number one is looking over at our Christmas tree this year. We have a whole bunch of what we've called reverse Advent boxes. This was a project that our, our mission team came up with this year. And all of these boxes, each day there was something that was put in the box so it can go over to our daily bread and, and help feed and give comfort to families who may not have anything. You know, Christmas is a good time for people to give to the food bank, but we know that afterwards it kind of tapers off a little bit, and our hope is that these gifts will be able to bless families throughout this next year. Another thing that we're doing this year is we're taking up an offering here during the Christmas Eve service. 
Now, sometimes the offering just goes towards the budget and make sure that we pay our bills and everything, but our leadership decided that we didn't want to do that this year, that we wanted to make sure that we were giving so that we can continue to make a difference because Christ has shined a light in our lives, and we are to take that light and share it with others. So this year, half of our Christmas Eve offering is going to go to the local CASA uh, child, thank you, child advocacy, okay, help me out. I, I meant to write it down, and I didn't. Child advocacy, special, they help the kids. When, when kids are going through CPS and whenever they're having difficulties, you know, there are people who come and stand beside these children. And we're going to help with half of our offering, helping fund them. And the other half is going to go to Waco. Because we've had a long-standing history with the Methodist Children's Home there to help them provide and find places, forever homes for children and to provide for those mothers who know that they need help. So half of our offering is going to go there, and half of it's to wake up. It's because we know that we have a light to shine, and that light is so bright because of the love that we have through Jesus Christ. But we have to admit that without a full and wholehearted devotion to God, One cannot be at peace with oneself, and one cannot be at peace with others. Jesus reminds us in Matthew, whenever he's asked what the greatest commandment is, he starts out by saying that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And after we are able to do that, then we are called to love our neighbors as ourselves. So all of this together, as we await, not the birth of the Christ child, but we wait for God to come again, waiting for Christ to come again to receive his glory. We're out there making a difference because God has made a difference in us. You know, as I said, uh, the 26th is going to come. And you'll notice a few things right away. All of the radio stations that have gone 24-7 playing Christmas music, that's going to go away. TNN, I think they play tomorrow 24-7, a Christmas story. That won't be on until next year. We'll quickly pack up all of our decorations And we'll put them away until next year. But the Christ child calls for something more than that. My hope and my prayer is as we move past this day, that we slow down and we turn our lives around, making a straight path for Jesus to come into our midst. As we move from this day, I I pray that we trust God in the midst of all of our fears and we learn to experience God's presence in every moment. As we move from this day, we learn how to sing a song of obedience 
to allow what God is calling us to do as individuals, as a church, as a community, can be blessed by God and to use by God to bless the world. That we claim the light of God. That sometimes we have to admit that we see even more clearly when we come across the darkest moments of our lives. And that we can live our lives truly sensible, knowing that God is working inside of us so that we can move to be more ethical to to help make a difference around us. And we can truly live as God's beloved when God lives and moves inside of our hearts and minds. Merry Christmas, and may God bless you this next year. Let us pray. O holy and gracious God, we thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ and how Christ is able to move in our lives. Help us to be open to hear how God is calling us, whether it is helping out members of our family, our neighbors, or people in our community, whether it's answering the call that you have placed on our lives. We ask that you let this Christmas spirit let us wait for the coming of Christ so that we can share that love with others and we pray this in Jesus name amen